Welcome to Medicare for All Explained. This podcast will enlighten our listeners and dispel the distortions that surround Medicare for All. Medicare for All Explained is produced in collaboration with Physicians for a National Health Program and is hosted and produced by Joe Sparks. I'm your host, Joe Sparks. This is Episode 10, Building Solidarity, Why Seniors Should Support Medicare for All. My guest today is Alex Lawson, the Executive Director of Social Security Works. As Executive Director, Mr. Lawson coordinates education and advocacy operations. This work is to protect and enhance economic security for disadvantaged and at-risk populations while maintaining and improving Social Security and Medicare. Alex Lawson, welcome to Medicare for All Explained. Could you please tell our listeners a little bit about Social Security Works? Sure. Thanks for having me. Social Security Works is the organization that I run. We fight to protect and expand Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and to lower prescription drug prices. In that fight, we fight for Medicare for All. We have a belief that if you look at what the founders of Social Security tried to do in 1935, we have a book on it, The Truth About Social Security, you'll see that literally right in there is a national health program. Francis Perkins, sort of the engine behind the New Deal, will be very proud of us for some things, but deeply disappointed in others. Especially that this many years later, over 80 years later, we still don't have guaranteed health care for everyone in this country. So we think that the fight for Medicare for All is part of the fight with Social Security. FDR said when he was launching Social Security, this is the cornerstone that we're going to build on. From that time, Every generation has done their part in this ever-expanding system of economic security. And as we all know, Medicare for All is one of the critical parts of that. I mean, in this country, you can go bankrupt from getting sick. You cannot have economic security if that is still a thing. Well, according to a March 2018 survey, Medical bills frighten people more than serious illness. One of the things I am curious about is what do you see as the biggest impediment to Medicare for all, especially as it relates to seniors, and how the opposition will frame it? So the biggest impediments to Medicare for all are greedy liars on Wall Street and their front groups in big insurance and the insurance industry. These are parasitic industries that they exist to extract wealth from us. The corporate insurance industry, the private insurance industry, they have one business model, just one thing. They take our premiums and deny our care. There's literally no other way they can make money. They take our premiums regularly like clockwork, and then if we get sick or injured... They try to not pay for that. They do everything they can, and they create ridiculous concepts that exist nowhere else in the world. Uh, But the American people just generally have accepted some of them, like narrow networks. Why is there a network? Why can't I see any doctor I want 
Who came up with that concept? Obviously, a insurance bureaucrat in a $6,000 suit who wants to take more of our premiums while denying our care. Co-payments, deductibles, all of these things are just fancy ways of saying, I'm going to take more of your money, I'm going to give you less. So if you understand that we're up against a very determined and well-resourced bunch of sociopaths um, who literally don't care if their quote-unquote business model kills people, harms people, they know it does, and they actually ratchet it up because it'll allow them to bribe their children's way into uh, more elite colleges or whatever it is they do with their ill-gotten gains. So that's what we're up against. Now, what they're going to do is they're going to use that money and their propaganda arms to misinform people. And we've already seen one of the biggest strategies here is to try to turn seniors who are currently on Medicare against Medicare for all. President Trump actually wrote, I mean, he didn't write it, that dude, I'm not sure he could have strung together that many words. But someone in his office wrote a USA Today op-ed about this saying that Medicare for all would hurt people currently on Medicare, which is just total garbage. The thing is, Medicare as it is, has serious problems. It's super superior to private insurance. And you just ask people this, you'll see it in every poll. But you also ask people on Medicare, are there problems with Medicare? And they say, yeah, doesn't cover dental, doesn't cover vision, doesn't cover hearing. You have to buy supplemental insurance for that. Drug prices are still way too high because of one of the most corrupt acts in Washington, D.C., that Medicare Part D can't negotiate drug prices. These are problems with current Medicare. And the first thing that Medicare for All does, the first thing is it eliminates all those problems. It adds vision, it adds dental, it adds hearing. It eliminates even the concept that you couldn't afford your drugs by taking on the pharmaceutical racket. Everyone benefits from Medicare for All, but seniors on Medicare are some of the biggest beneficiaries because it fixes those problems, but also because traditional Medicare is under sustained and accelerating attacks by the greedy liars on Wall Street and their corporate insurance front groups, because that is what it is. These insurers are actually one little corrupt family, private equity, Wall Street, the insurance industry, the pharmaceutical industry, and they all see us as marks to reach their hands into our pockets and steal our money. And they hate things that work because they can't profit off of things that work, like Social Security. Social Security works, which they try to destroy it because they can't get their greedy little hands on it. Medicare works, so they try to destroy it. They attach Medicare Advantage to it, which is just uh, private insurance burrowing its way into traditional Medicare and hollowing it out and hurting it. And over time, Medicare will get worse and worse, and people will not be able to rely on it the way they do right now. So we need Medicare for all for everyone, but especially for seniors who are currently on Medicare. They should be the loudest. When they're not being hit with these propaganda weapons, they are some of our strongest supporters for Medicare for all.
Do you know of seniors who have suffered financial problems because of the coinsurance rates for Medicare or the deductibles? So I have this great privilege of getting to go around the country and talk to people, talk to rooms full of people. What comes back to you is that there's a multitude of ways that people are still getting hurt. Getting on Medicare is like a life or death thing for millions of people, right? They like limp to Medicare because the age right before Medicare kicks in, folks are really like, just got to get to Medicare. So it's amazing. But then they start seeing stuff like their drug prices and they have these payments here and they have these gaps they have to buy insurance for. And their social security benefits, if they're on social security, are going over to pay for their Medicare. What they owe on Medicare is eating any of the increases that are coming as cost of living adjustments on social security. So you hear it every time you go out. I cannot live on Social Security and Medicare because my Social Security is getting, the increases are getting eaten up by the increased premiums on Medicare. It just directly goes over and pays for it. The COLAs are far too low on Social Security. They don't keep pace with the actual costs faced by seniors. And the primary driver of that difference is medical costs. The medical inflation is out of control compared to general inflation. But the cost of living is still mainly looking at a basket of goods that is not for seniors. So there's this huge variance between what the Social Security COLA is and what the cost faced by seniors are. And I'll stop. I know I get into my talking about this, but it's really simple. Even though it's very complex, what we have right now is unsustainable. Even if you're lucky, that's your situation, right? So you're on a fixed income, but your costs are continuing to go up more than the cost of living adjustment. That's unsustainable. But if you're unlucky, and there's a lot of unlucky people because the pharmaceutical racket is accelerating what they're doing. If you're unlucky, one of your drugs could just magically go from, you know, you've been on it for 20 years. You've gone into the pharmacy. You think you understand what you're going to owe. $5, whatever it is. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, well, this one is either not covered or you can just pay for it. It's now $750, right? Like no, nothing's changed except that some private equity firm has bought the company that produces your drug and sees you as an untapped resource. So they're going to increase the price of your drug a thousand, twelve hundred percent. Those stories are not rare. That's happening all around the country. So I understand that people are worried about losing what they have, but they have to understand that we will all lose. We will all lose until we stand together and everybody stands together, raising our voices, taking on the greedy liars on Wall Street and their friends in the insurance industry and the pharmaceutical industry. I want to emphasize a point that's very important. So you said that the cost of living for Social Security is not keeping up with the increases in premiums for Medicare. As it turns out, medical inflation, I think you described it as out of control. That's true for people who are not on Medicare, too. In the last two episodes, I had an economist, Gerald Friedman, speak, and he said part of the problem is that medical inflation is rising more than the cost of living. And he said that's eating up the wages. It's eating up everything, and people can't afford it. 
So that point cannot be emphasized enough. One of the things you said, too, is that the people who want to prevent Medicare for all are going to pit seniors against the rest of the population. And again, that point needs to be emphasized. How can people fight back? What can we do to get Medicare for all? So I think a really important thing is that folks need to, what I always say is the most radical act you can take is to get organized. Our voices alone are quite weak. When one person speaks, it's pretty quiet. But when you have millions of us demanding change together, we cannot be ignored. And when the people are united, we can never be defeated. And that solidarity is what we need to build. We need to really be focused on that. And we need to go after ensuring this cross-generational solidarity. The only way we're going to beat Wall Street's propaganda engine, Fox News. The problem is they make it seem like Fox News is like the bad guy. And that means that MSNBC is the good guy. And CNN is the like, whatever, in the middle guy. But they're all terrible, actually, on this stuff. All the corporate media, in their own way, are part of the propaganda attacks on Medicare for all. That's why we need voices like yours and shows like yours to actually get the word out through our networks, the truth. Because go to MSNBC, right? The supposedly quote-unquote good guy in the corporate media. Just watch their commercials. Who is funding MSNBC? They're all pharmaceutical ads. There is no wall between editorial and business. Business owns everyone who's allowed on camera. So we need to have a media revolution. We need truth tellers to be able to get their voices out, to get the truth out to the people. So people listening to this show, what they need to do is they need to give this show to other people. This particular one, looking at seniors, give this to family and friends who are older, family and friends who might be hitting the Fox distortion effect, uh, or otherwise worried that Medicare for All might actually impact them. But we also just need to be loud and clear about what we're fighting for. And we can't fight on their turf. How are we going to afford it? No. How are we going to afford not to do it? How are we going to afford this system that lets people die on the street and we still can't afford it? People go bankrupt because they get sick. Or what about people who like their insurance? No one likes their insurance. They don't like their insurance. You think that they like being on hold for three and a half hours to fight for their insurer to pay their doctor who they didn't know but is now out of network? No, we're not going to fight against those lies. What we're going to say is, what about a system where you can see any doctor that you want when you need to see that doctor? You get the care that you need, and you, including the prescription drugs that you need for you and your family. Do you like that idea? Yes. What if I told you that that would also save so much money that we don't have to talk about how are we going to pay for it. What we need to talk about is how are we going to divvy up the savings from creating that system. But first and foremost, we should lead with the moral clarity that our current system is immoral. That in the richest country in the world, at the richest point in our history, to allow one person to die 
because they are, quote unquote, not worth it or whatever the insurance lingo for cost containment is. You understand that word, what that means, cost containment? It means they're going to let you die because they've decided that you're not worth paying for the procedures that your doctor has said you need. We need to create the solidarity. We need to be aggressive. We need to be on offense all the time. And we need to raise up the voices of truth tellers like yourself. So if people wanted to join organization to support Medicare or Social Security, obviously, I assume Social Security works would be one. Why don't you talk about that and perhaps any others that might be effective or good places? Definitely. So to get organized, you look at organizations like Social Security Works, socialsecurityworks.org. You can find out all about us. You sign a petition and then receive emails that keep you up to date on this fight, on the fight to take on the pharmaceutical industry and lower drug costs, the fight to expand Social Security. PNHP is a fantastic organization. Let me just stop you for a minute. So PNHP is Physicians for a National Health Program. Uh, yes. I do this in collaboration with them, so I just want to let people know that. Definitely, and I TLA'd you there because I live and work in Washington, D.C., so I three-letter acronymed you there, even if it was four-letter acronym. Physicians for a National Health Program are fantastic, have been leading the fight for guaranteed health care for everyone in this country. We have the National Nurses United, and then you are just warriors in this fight and are critical. Center for Popular Democracy, CPD, and they have a network of state affiliates. And that is something that I think is important, is getting out with your neighbors in the streets in your local towns. I'll tell you this little thing about how DC works, and I'm sure everyone knows it. It's really effective for us to be here in Washington, DC. We need to be here because the lobbyists are here, the Wall Street is here. But what we can do that they can't do, and this is the thing that actually scares lawmakers in our direction, and I always say this, and it offends some people, but politicians are very simple creatures. They respond to very simple stimuli, pain and pleasure. It's headlines and donations. And so it's an easy landscape to work with. And what scares them in our direction we obviously have some amazing champions. They're the ones whose names you know. But there's also a ton of other people whose names you don't know, and they need to be hearing from us too. When we pair what's happening in D.C. with heat in their districts or their states so that there are people agitating in their district offices, that's when they start seeing something happening. That's when they realize that there's a mass movement of people demanding change. There's a bunch of other organizations that do great work. I just named some who I've been working with very closely. The ballot box is really important, super important. Never forget the ballot box. But also remember every single other day between the elections. And so when you have the time, call your elected representatives. Call your House representative. Call both your senators and just demand Medicare for all. It's important. I know some people think that that might be like, oh, what's the point? It is that simple. They literally keep score. There's a tally sheet. If we're calling in and demanding Medicare for all, that's what's going to win it. In fact, that's the only way that we're going to win it is to get organized, go on offense, never let up, and always raise the volume. To just emphasize that point, 
From what I've heard is they say one of the best things you can do is to call your members of Congress, your senators and your representatives, and let them know that you support Medicare for all or other issues. And one of the things, don't just call them if they're against it. If they support it, you call them and say that you support it too, because that will make their support stronger. And I think that's a very important point. Call your representative or your senator, even if he or she agrees with you. I think that's really very true. I will also say that there are multiple buckets. It's a gradient. You have your champions who are fighting for you. And then you do have supporters, but supporters can kind of go either way. So you need to, especially when the question is called, when the fight is real, some of those supporters can start getting split off. So you can't let anyone think that the people aren't actually demanding And the number one move of Wall Street in all things, doesn't matter what issue is, is first they come at you with everything they got, full frontal armada, right? Like the fully operational Death Star, and they just try to destroy you. But if they can't, and you're still fighting, then the next thing they do is they try to co-opt you, and they say, obviously, we agree with you. We want to do what you want to do. Here is our thing. That is the same as your thing, but it's not the same. It's not the same. They're going to put forward weak alternatives that protect them. And this is just the tactic. So you have to be really clear of what we're talking about. Pramila Jayapal in the House has introduced a bill that is absolutely amazing. It is the best healthcare bill that I've ever seen. Bernie Sanders has introduced a bill in the Senate, Medicare for All. Pramila Jayapal's is the Medicare for All bill in the House. Bernie Sanders has introduced his Medicare for All bill in the Senate. He's going to introduce, reintroduce it. It's going to be even better than the last time. There's going to be some additions, including um, some forms of long-term support and services. Those are Medicare for All. Pramila Jayapal's bill and Bernie Sanders' bill together is Medicare for All. The way the House works is It's fine that there's two, but they are the House and Senate versions that will come together into a final package if this thing starts to move. Everything that's not those two bills is not Medicare for all. I can just stop there, but just don't be fooled because this is it. This is what we're fighting for. We have to aim to create the system that we want. And then to be cliche about it or whatever is we only lose if we forget what we're fighting for. That's so key for all of us that we just keep fighting. If there is going to be a compromise, we're not going to be the ones who do it. We don't have to. We have to be loud and clear about what we want and never forget what we're fighting for. Along those lines, there are some bills that are being called Medicare Plus. Medicare X. There are some that maybe have a public option. But as long as we keep for-profit private insurance companies, we won't solve the basic problems of health care in this country. So I want people to be aware that unless you're talking about a true single-payer system, we're not going to solve the problems of health care. And they're calling these bills Medicare for All. So I want people to be alert for that because they are not true Medicare for All. One other thing, is there anything that you would like to add before we end? Just that with all of the rhetoric and heat and everything, and we're up against the literal empire and they are striking back, they're scared of us and we are winning. 
and never forget your power. We have to never forget our power. It is the attack that the corporations have used for 40 years to tell us that we can't do anything. This is the best that we can do. You just have to accept it. It's fake. It's a lie. They are terrified of the people standing together and demanding change because all power comes from the people. Every single ounce of power comes from us, not them. And organized people beat money power every single time. We've seen ourselves face similar odds before and win. The only thing that can happen is we get disheartened. We feel like we can't overcome the opposition. We can. Everyone knows it's a marathon, not a sprint. That's true. But I add one more. It's not a marathon either. It's a relay race. So you do your part when you can, but you have to take care of yourself as well. And I'm fine that I say there's two most radical acts you can take. One, get organized. Two, take care of yourself. This fight requires all of us together. So we have to actually get organized, stand with our neighbors, raise our voices together, be there for each other. And that solidarity, that true solidarity is what will beat Wall Street. And it'll be sweet when we win. I think those are great points. Alex? Thank you so much for being on Medicare for All Explained. Thank you so much. You have been listening to Medicare for All Explained. Information about this podcast can be found at our website, medicareforallexplained.org. The music for this show is Super Bubbly by Jesse Spillane. The logo was created by Lily Sparks. Thank you for listening.